You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. New week, new edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am Jason Jones. I am the ruler of this here, I don't know if you call it a virtual court. Well, maybe it is a virtual court, a virtual world of, I don't know what to call it. You know, we've been on Zoom and all that for over a year now, so everything feels virtual. And again, either way, I rule this court and I'm back with the, I don't know if I should call you the self-professed queen of the court. Yeah. Because you gave yourself that name. Mm-hmm. I didn't bestow that upon you. You, you know, titled yourself. Yeah, Miss L- Miss Lamika is back. I won't share her new nickname <laughs> that I learned. But, yeah. So, well, I'm going to keep that to, to myself. But we're both back. And here we're going to talk a little Kings and talk some, um, some hip-hop. And we'll get into that later. But let's start with the Kings. And... You see, yesterday, well, we were recording this on Sunday, uh, Mika had the fortune of going out to get her hair, her nails, uh, they say her nails did, while I watched the Kings uh, hurt my eyes and just get molly whopped, curb stomped, and thrown off the cage like Mick Foley in Hell in a Cell by The Undertaker many years ago by the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is almost as predictable as I don't know, the sun coming up, um, water being wet, the sky being blue. Once you knew that not only was Joel and beat out, but Ben Simmons was out, so was Seth Curry, former King Seth Curry, a guy who couldn't get off the bench about <laughs> six years ago, you know, playing for George Carl, but now he's a contributor on a championship t- caliper team. But hey, you know how that goes. But. Like, well, what makes that the Philadelphia loss so bad? I mean, first it came on the heels of one of the Kings' better wins of the season, winning at Boston. Actually, swept. You know, first time they'd won at Boston since George W. Bush was president. Uh, what else was going on in January of two thousand seven? Wow. I mean, I think Lil Wayne was on his way to being the hottest rapper in the game at that point. You know, there was a whole lot going on that, you know, man, 2007, man, who was it, man, uh, you had, uh, around then, the Kings had only been out the playoffs for a year in 2007, get that, now we're working on year 15 of no playoffs, but, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Mika made a faith like like she didn't realize it had been that long, yeah, it's been that long, and to make, uh, 
kind of give a little perspective. She has a 15-year-old son. Mm-hmm. The Kings have never been in the playoffs his entire life. Mm. And to give you more perspective on that, my, uh, my consider them God-forsaken Raiders have been to the playoffs in his lifetime. And the Kings haven't. Yes, the dysfunctional, just, yeah, the Raiders have been to the playoffs in his 15 years of life. He's never, can he can say, well, you know, unequivocally, he has never once posted on social media about the Sacramento Kings being in the postseason. But now you're going to say I'm trolling, so I'm going to stop. But what I want to talk about is, once again, go back to the gap, the, the word gap. You know, the Kings internally use that term gap year to describe what they're doing this season, a.k.a. not adding a lot of talent to make this team any better, which clearly it needs. But also what I want to get into the gap in talent. And if you had any question about the gap in talent between, you know, elite teams and the Kings, look no further than Saturday's game against against Philly. And also I'm going to go back before the break when the uh, – Kings played the Lakers without LeBron, AD, and uh, Mark Gasol. My point is about that is this, that they get destroyed by Philly without anyone because they still have got Tobias Harris, an all-star level player. And they really got lucky to escape against the Lakers who didn't have their starting front court. And the reason why to, to me that's relevant is just that it just, to me, illustrates just the, the, the gap in talent. And the Kings really have to play well damn near every night to even have a chance. I mean, they played horribly against Philly. And even without their entire team, they had no chance. And that's just, you know, you're going to have up and down nights in the league, especially this season with the COVID uh, restrictions. And, you know, you're not going to have a lot of those games where the fans, especially if you're a California team, you can't come home and expect the fans to give you a lift. So a lot of it's going to come down to your execution, your level of focus, and how consistent you can play. And the one thing the Kings have proven this season is that they are consistent and in being inconsistent. You know, they the one thing they do well is go up and down. There is no steady... <laughs> There is no baseline, so to speak. Either they're going to be really good most some nights or they're going to be really bad. And if you're a Kings fan out there, you're probably just hoping that the Philadelphia game was a blip. Like, you know, you know, I always say in the NBA, there's usually about five, eight games that are either so good or so bad, you can't take them seriously. Like, you have a game where, say, you make 25 threes and shoot 60% from the field. It's not going to happen every night. So that's such an outlier, you throw it away. I think maybe this game against Philly is one of those Kings outliers where you say, you know what? That was so bad, so terrible. There's no way we could ever play that bad again in that situation. And you try to move on for it, which they do Monday night at Cleveland. So... Yeah, that was that that was rough talking about that game. You know, like I said, Mika was lucky she was getting a manicure and a pedicure while I was forced to watch well, I didn't watch all of it, I ain't gonna lie. You know, thank God for verses to for giving me a little life during the game, but yeah, it's it is what it is for the Kings. I don't I really don't have much more to say about that, but I do wanna to touch on one up not so much the game, but 
one of the comments that Tyrese Halliburton made after the game. And it was a, to me, it was kind of a, uh, it was, you know, I don't know how to, it was kind of like, a, I don't want to say sobering, but it was kind of, it was, it was definitely caught, catches your attention when you hear a player say something about you're halfway through the season and we don't know our identity. And I tend to believe that perhaps identity wasn't the word, you know, maybe the, you know, that, that wasn't the best word, but I think the team knows its identity, you know, because um, talking about the Kings need to play fast, play with more you know, up-tempo game. And Tyrese said, quote, that's got to be our, 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 excuse me, that's got to be our identity. And some nights that's just not the Kings, what they do. Whatever the reason may be, fatigue, I don't know. It's not like they can slow the game down. I mean, even when they slow it down, it's not like they're slowing it down and dumping the ball into the post every play, trying to get something. But I want to continue with Rashawn's quote. Not Rashawn, I'm sorry. Uh, Tyrese's quote, he says, I think if you ask around, I don't know if we really found our identity yet. I don't know if we found exactly what makes us play our best basketball. We know we can score the ball very well. We know when we're getting out and running, we're able to get easy shots. We have three guards, and we play small with a mismatch four-man, you know, Harrison Barnes, that, that we've got to get up and down with, and we're just not doing that now. We have to understand what our identity is and do that. Okay, so it really it's, it's clear that they know what their identity should be. The question is, why don't they do it? Um, Miss Mika, as a non-Kings fan observer, just in or just in life, what you know, kind of we've talked before about just in this in, in general workplace situations. Mm-hmm. Why is it sometimes difficult for people when they know what they're supposed to do to just do what they're supposed to do? Like this. T- I mean, you know, we're both parents. You know, you tell the kids to do something they're supposed to do and they just don't do it. You know, you know, we've been in work situations where it's clear what needs to be done to get the job done and people just don't do their job. You ever have any theory why that is? I don't know. It's mind-blowing. Um, having experienced the situation personally um, this evening with the 15-year-old, but... Um, I don't know. I, I try to be optimistic with this team and, (laughs) and then they win some like, yay. See, I knew they could do it. And then they have yesterday and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they need to do. You know, we talk about leadership. We talk about teamwork. We talk about, um, I don't know. I, I think there's some maturity that still needs to happen um, with the team um, in order for them to, I guess, live out this identity they are clearly aware of. But um, I don't know. This this one, it's a that's the million dollar question. Because if they they did it, then they would be winning. Yeah, and uh, my theory is this. It's not that they don't know their identity, but this is what bad teams do. Mm-hmm. This is like the the definition of a bad team that, you know, 
that doesn't have ta- enough talent. <laughs> Do they not have the talent? They don't have enough talent. This is not. A, I've talked to people in the NBA. This is a bottom five NBA roster. Mm. You know, in terms of depth. I mean, oh, okay. you know, and you know, to, when they had their best stretch of play, the coach was basically playing seven players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just stopped going deep into his bench to try to uh, make something happen. And yeah, I mean, and even when, even when you have talent, bad teams do stuff like don't do what they're supposed don't play to their strength. The Kings don't have Marvin Bagley right now. They're playing a small lineup. There's no reason why they should not be trying to play a frenetic style. And I know people will say, well, it's on the coach. And, you know, it's on the coach. But here's the thing. Luke Walton comes from a offensive background of pace, tempo. His associate head coach, Alvin Gentry, comes from the exact same thing, if not a more up-tempo mindset. There's no way in hell these players don't know they're supposed to be doing that. There's no way. So they're just hard-headed? Either, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call people say say mean things, but the team, put it this way, players on the team have publicly questioned the team's basketball IQ. And this right here is a prime example of how you get your basketball IQ questioned. It's like, okay, we're small, we're playing bigger teams, our advantage is our speed, our quickness and athleticism. Why would you not do it? Yeah. You know, why am I watching the Kings play and guys are just kind of going through it, not not going with any urgency? It's like, why? You know, and I'm not calling, I'm not saying they don't have a high basketball IQ. The players themselves say they don't have a high basketball IQ. And... Things like that, moments like that, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, if, you, if you take Tyrese or what he said, if there are guys on this team who don't know what this team's identity is, what the hell is wrong with them? Maybe they don't need to be. Like, what do you think? that? What I, I don't understand. I really don't. And I've been around the league for well over a decade, and I've heard some, some interesting things over my time covering this team because, well... It's an interesting thing to cover because, well, shit's always going on with them. But I refuse to believe that collectively this team could just not understand how they're supposed to play. I mean, I, from, you know, from what I've been able to gather, the coaching staff has essentially made this as simple as possible for them. And the disconnect continues to happen. And, and, I, and, and for some of these guys, this is the second coach. For some of these guys who's had the exact same problem with them. Exact same exact same complaints. So then you know it's not the coach. I I've said for years that you got they gotta get some better players. People get mad at me. Oh, you just you know, no, no. You you don't win in this league without talent. And there's another thing that you you brought up, maturity. Some of these issues to me are maturity issues. How do you not know your scouting report? Hmm. I mean, you're literally paid to play basketball. That's literally your job. Like, to know what's going to happen on the basketball court. You know. I mean, they're probably one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. And they make, they make like, basic mistakes. It's like, hey, that's the best player. Don't leave him. Oh, he has the ball. I left him. 
I mean, it's just stuff like that to where and I just say, you know what? Kings fans, y'all better than me. I'd, I'd have gave up years ago and been a Laker fan or something. There's a war, anything, you know, college basketball, anything, than to put up with this. I mean, this is like, this is a decade and a half of just excuse after excuse after excuse. And I shouldn't even say excuse, because some of it's this fact. The fact is, this is not a, you know, the fact is the front office did not go out of its way to improve this team in the offseason. The fact is, is that I, you know, that them losing games is not a bad thing to the front office that wants a nice high draft pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just where we are. Mm-hmm. And I really think what makes, say, the, the quote-unquote losing process that Philadelphia did years ago different is that they didn't lie to nobody. They came out and said, yeah, we want to suck. They just came out and said it. Like, yeah, you're going to see some weird stuff. We're going to play some guys who maybe shouldn't play because we want high draft picks. And we don't believe you could be good till you get generational talents high in the draft. And there's like, there's like this tug of war, it seems like, versus what the Kings want to do versus what their actual actions. Ownership is saying we want to be competitive. The moves the team has made with the roster don't say you want to be competitive. Because you would have tried to improve this team more if you wanted to be competitive. You wouldn't have let a Kent Bazemore, who was good for this team, walk if you wanted to be competitive. You would have gone out and got more than Glenn Robinson III, who you eventually waived, to bolster your your, uh, perimeter situation as far as your wings if you wanted to be competitive. The messaging and the actions don't match up. And that's a big problem with this team. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, you know... And with any workforce, and I've talked to people around the team, the players see it too. It's like, we're getting mixed messages. Our coaches are trying to win. You know, we're trying to win. But the people responsible with helping us win above us aren't giving us the tools to win. And maybe that changes at the trade deadline. Maybe they go out there and decide maybe we'll try to do something and maybe try to get into that play-in situation and try to get into the playoffs. Maybe that'll change it. I don't know, but but that's I, only part of the problem. So there's, it feels like there's the leadership issue in the front office with the inconsistent message, mm-hmm. and then there's also a leadership issue within the team. Oh yeah, and I've, yeah. So it it's it's multiple things happening that the team is struggling with, unfortunately. But I mean, they they don't even. They can't even get a full, healthy roster. It seems like somebody's always hurt or off or something. So that doesn't help either. So no. that's just another another thing. So when you're trying to put this team together, you're trying to you know, win some games and that, and you're having to switch up what you should be doing because you don't have even the, the roster that you currently have has not been consistent so that's this whole consistency inconsistent deal it goes with the health of the team too as soon as one gets better then somebody else is out or something and i know people will say well their best lineup is the lineup without bagley but here's the thing about that too when you don't have a lot of depth losing one guy Mm, it's major means a lot Mm -hmm. yeah they won a game without him but you know but still losing you know if you if you only go seven deep and you lose one of the seven, 
it's kind of it's kind of a big they, deal. They can't say that because <laughs> they're better without him because they have not been consistent. Yeah, I mean, period. yeah, you know, I, you know, yeah, I get so it. So winning a game because oh, we don't have makes us better. That doesn't. Well, there's people out there who would tell you that, and I've said all along, no, this team, this team. This team needs talent. They can't afford to just be giving up on talent because, well, you know, whatever the case may be. But enough of the Kings. I think I've depressed you all for you know, a good 18, 19, almost 20 minutes. We're going to move over to Saturday's versus battle, which I will confirm nor deny that I actually watched most of during this, that atrocity of a Kings game. But... It was Raekwon, the chef, against Ghostface Killer. It was a big Wu-Tang party, and it was quite enjoyable. And uh, Ghostface is my favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. So I was all, I was all, you know, I was, I mean, I was, I heard it was good because, of course, I would never watch Versus when the Kings were playing because that would not be considered professional to not want to watch the Kings get destroyed. But... I did meet Ghostface and Raekwon back at All Star Kenny Smith's party. You know, you know, got myself into the VIP area. Don't don't worry about how I did that. You know, but you know, I make moves like that. Met Raekwon and Ghost. You know, and, you know, so that was a big moment for me. But the the versus battle I heard was quite entertaining. You know, it's a big Wu Tang party. You know, RZA came through, Capadonna came through, Young Dirty Bastard came through. You know. So I heard it was you know it was a, it was a great show. So I'll take I, your word for it. Yeah, because somebody was getting they they little toes. Hey, self care Saturday. Okay. Well, okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> watching the Kings was not self care. That was hazard. That was hazard. I'm talking about my self care Saturday. I should I should I should, I should have got hazard pay for watching that. <laughs> you know, but you know, watching that battle, and I was curious how it would go because to me, Raekwon and Ghostface are so intertwined, like. They could take the same song and be like, "I'm gonna use like, I'm gonna use cream." No, I'm gonna use cream. No, I, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use ice cream. No, you know, I'm I'm gonna use that song because you know they both own no they own they own a lot of songs together because even you go back to uh, Raekwon's you know debut out his solo debut only built for Cuban Links who's on the cover with him Ghostface so I was like I mean I still got I got the uh, Ghostface I got that uh, the uh, the socks from Stance. I got me some uh, some only built for Cuban Links uh, socks. Oh, look at you! Yeah, I'm fancy with the sock game, but oh, yeah. but yeah. that verse has had me thinking. You know, who were your favorite Wu Tang members? You know, and some of your favorite Wu Tang songs. And I don't know. I guess I could say Ladies First, and I already know who one of them gonna be because I hear we all know which one y'all like. But go mm-hmm. ahead. We'll start there. Method Man. Oh, Method Man. You probably can't even tell me no Method Man songs. You know? <laughs> Ooh, I like to look at that Method Man on power. Ooh, look at that Method Man. Well, no, yeah. before that, mm-hmm. we talked about uh, Method Man the few, the last, one of the last times I was on in the duel he had with Mary J. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. So it's not, this is not your first time hearing Method Man's name, so don't even go but, there. But it was different now, but continue. You asked me one of my favorites, so I, I gave it to you. Meth is one of my Don't favorites be a hater. too. Okay. Meth is one. Of, I'm not a hater. And then Old Dirty Bastard be my other. I, I don't know. So I like them both. Um, not have anything against the others. Not at all. 
Um, and I like them both for different for different reasons. But um, yeah, I like the fact. I guess the cool thing too. I'm not sure if others have been able to do what they've done, but being able to be a group and then still go out and have their own solo albums and that and then come back together as a group so um you know sometimes when people want to go out and do their own thing they can't get back together or there's some strife and some some things that happen but with them you know they're able to you know make the collective work kings can take note from this make the collective work and and then and still be able to utilize your strengths in your own way um for the good of the group and then individually Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, I said my top three would be, you know, Ghostface, Meth, and ODB. And I'm going to start with Ghost since she didn't over here and just fawned over. She over here just grinning talking about Meth. But <laughs> Ghostface, I don't know why his whole swag, you know, I was just like, wow, that, I, I was a big fan from the jump, you know. You know, he, he came through on the verses. I saw a screenshot of it, you know, with the big mink on, the wallabies, you know. I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, you know. The, with the big gold eagle, you know, when he came through with the eagle, he used to come through with the robes on and the, and, and the world title belt, you know, the Ric Flair championship belt, this, this crazy swag. And it was just like, and then he just has some of my favorite, uh, lines in, in hip hop. Oh, here we go. What? Oh, cause well, I, I told her about you know one of my favorite lines from uh, Ghost Faith, and I don't know if she took it as a challenge or what. When he can he come out and he said, "No girl could freak me. I'm just too nasty." I'm like, when I heard that back in the day, I was like, "That's my shit right there." Yeah, that's my shit right Whatever. there. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm. What? Mm. That a, that a challenge? What? Challenge? I'm just saying. I mean. I'm just quoting the. I no, just quoted no the challenge li- necessary. I just quoted the line. Say that. No quote, challenge necessary. I quote the line, and you made a face. I quote the line. You know, it's a line. Whatever. <laughs> I just know. I knew in that count. I was. I mean, when I heard, when I heard a, from a text from a friend that that song came on, you know, during the during the verses, you know, I from you know from you know. From the great album Supreme Clientele, you know, I began to dance in my head as I watched the Kings. I think about, you know, mm-hmm. what? Carry on. Okay, okay, but yeah, like I said, I just always thought. I mean, I Ghostface has got crazy swag and just like it's it's unbelievable. It's awesome, and yeah, like I said, I, if I ever get a lot of money, I'm getting the Gold Eagle. Just so you know, I'm getting the gold eagle. I'm getting I'm getting something like ridiculous like a gold eagle or I don't know what, you know, I'm getting something ridiculous like that like yeah. Cuz you know, and I'm going to walk around. Yeah. Sure sheds like ghosts. Yeah. I'm going to walk around with like a robe on like ghost face. I'm I'm going to get like the fur, you know, with the mink, I'm gonna get the whole joint, and I'm gonna walk around like that. Oh. If I ever get a bunch of money. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. I get you. Want you want to go eagle too? I'm good. 
I'm gonna get something different. Maybe I won't get an eagle. I'll get like a gold puppy or something. You know, I just wear the gold puppy, like, like you know, like, you know, because now people carry their little dogs in the store. I'm just getting used to people carrying their dogs in the store. But mm-hmm. I, instead of having a dog, I have a gold puppy I carry the way he, the gold eagle sit on his arm. Oh, okay. That'd be live. Mm. Okay, you'd like it. And old dirty bastard, rest in peace, first off, old yes. dirty bastard. But he was... He was for me, no, until you know, until he was always for me. He was probably number one for me with the with the woo, because number one lyrically he could go, and I know he he was kind of like the quote unquote clown prince. People didn't take him seriously, but ODB could go, and he had some of my other favorite lines too. You know, the you know the the whole Brooklyn Zoo that was my you know, you know. And believe it or not, when when the song came out, he said, "Baby, I like it raw." I was like, I, I, I assume he's talking about his rhyme style, like he said, you know, yeah, baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, you shimmy. Uh, okay. And what? It's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Then he was like, you know, ba- you know, hey, you know, with Khalees, hey, dirt, baby, I got your money, you know. He did a song with Mariah Carey, who was uh, actually my my favorite singer of all time. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, have, I actually believe I know every word to every Mariah Carey song ever made. And I actually bought the Glitter album. So, can't no one say I ain't the biggest Mariah Carey fan. They know, because yeah, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, ODB had a song with her, you know, and you know. He just, I don't know, just that his whole, his style was just so, like, rugged. It was just like, shame on, just, I was just like, you know, then the fact that he did the whole little MTV little documentary joint where he went picked up his food stamps. I was like, see, that's my dude right there. He's still keeping it. Who keep, how can, how realer could it be than a dude going to pick up his food stamps from a limo? Get the limo and get your food stamps. Hey. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was probably illegal, but whatever. Gotta eat. Yeah. He got I me mean, he had to feed his seeds, yo. And then meth. You know, one of my best friends in life, Wesley Sims, growing up in high high school. Crazy thing is, people say, you know, Wes looks like Method Man. Therefore, you know, I wouldn't get no attention because I didn't look like Method Man all of a sudden. Even though I was the one with Method Man's hairstyle. I had if y'all remember that uh, bring the pain video where he had the whole parted up the little mini you know things the little mini like, like Afro puff I had that in high school. Oh. Why are you looking at me like that? I didn't see some of your high school pics too. Okay, we're not talking about my stay with yours. Okay, I'm just saying don't give me no side funny look <laughs> like you can't believe that you know. No, that. I believe it. I've I've seen pictures from you. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and Meth just got you know. His style was like like smooth in the middle of the woo, mm-hmm. but it was still real edgy. But it was just like he just had a whole smooth, you know, you know, hit me with the raise, you know, just you know, you know, it just you know, M E T H O D. I mean, I still need to see them in concert. But I, I mean, I saw some, like I said, when I I saw some, I saw Ghost and Raekwon perform, you know. So I saw them like I like I like all of them really. I like all of Wu Tang Clan, you know. I love the um the show they had on Hulu, you know. You know, I love the you know 
I love the doc they did it was on Showtime a couple of years back. I'm just a big Wu Tang fan. It'd be nice if there's yeah, a concert. That whole song. that whole mid early mid nineties hip hop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was something else. And I'm still ashamed of my my employer. We did that whole thirty albums in the last thirty years and we're with Enter the Thirty Six Chambers that on that list. But then again that wasn't my list, so I don't have to bear any burden of that. I'm just saying mm-hmm. Enter the Chambers was something you know, was something epic. And it's a you know, and it's a big reason why I like Mike Malone. Michael Malone, he was the Kings coach, because he's talking about they're gonna play some more. He was like, "You gotta protect your neck against them." I was like, "That's my dude right there." <laughs> That's I'm like, shoot. I'm like, yeah. Michael Malone's the reason why I still root for the I root for the Denver Nuggets on the low because that's my guy. So, you got any other Wu Tang memories you'd like to share before we exit? No, it it took me back to my good old Gremlin days okay. a little bit. When you say early, you know, early nineties. I know I'm dating myself, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I won't say where I was in the early 90s. Yeah, we're not talking about... I know where I was. I know where I was, too. Okay. I was in Long Beach. I was at the best HBCU out there. Okay, I was at the best... I ain't gonna say what school I was at, but... (laughs) I was out of middle school. Great. I was when Wu dropped. I was out of middle school. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I hope you all have enjoyed... Uh, this edition of the Rule of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. You can find me on Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC, or on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. And if you want to find her, maybe you'll find Mika commenting on one of my things. And then with her private page, she can just not add you. <laughs> so just be, you know, don't be trying to add her thinking she, you know, she just, she just like, you know. She'll run them by me. Do you know this person? If I don't know you, you ain't getting at it. Plus, she don't post like I do anyway. No. It's all like family stuff. I'm up here making fun. I'm on my page making Only fun. Only can be one jokester here. I'm on my page making fun of Derek Jackson. So. Oh, okay. What? For a different day. Hey, hey this is like the comeuppance. This is like the. Well, you don't uh, know that yet. We don't know. Why he ain't say nothing? We don't know. So why, once why? once we know, then maybe we can talk about it. Why we don't know quiet? the speculation. Why are you being point? quiet? How come we didn't know Derek Jackson was really was really future with a gym membership? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> that man just future with a. You're the main one talking about black men don't cheat. Well, so, well, hey. He, he, hey. well clearly he do. Hey. Clearly he does. Oh, oh he does. Oh. So but, here's one. Oh, yeah, we're making but we exceptions. Don't, we don't claim him. Uh, he's a simp. We don't claim simps. Okay. He a simp. Mm-hmm. He all on Instagram. Ladies, yeah. If your man is 18 seconds late for the date, yeah, just get rid of him. You deserve better than that. Yeah. Be like me. Read my book. Yeah. The end. And y'all be like, he preaching. Yeah. He talking that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's you like, have agreed with some of the things he said. Am I right or am I right? He ain't said nothing unagreeable. He say basic stuff. Uh-huh. And he just do it with a tank top on or something weird probably. Yeah, he wears t-shirts. And, and, then he, and then after he say a little bit of truth, he go into scent mode and take a but dump. But you have agreed with him. Don't be trying to put this on me. You have agreed with him. No. Yes, you have. I ref- no. Because, you have. So, <laughs> so I, no. I, just, I didn't say all the time, but you have agreed with him. And I've agreed that he's a simp. And so now all of a sudden, no, he's a simp. it's like, oh, man, might you know, no, something may be going I, on in his home. And then, oh, all the brothers like... 
I'm like Biggie on this one. We prayed and prayed for his downfall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not all. Black men have had the gall to pray and pray for his downfall, like DMC said. And yes, we did because he's a great A simp. He sold all men out with his little videos and his little, you know, you know. I'm gonna teach the women about relationship. He sold us all out. And apparently, he's uh, allegedly, allegedly, he allegedly. sold he sold out his wife while she was in Colorado visiting his family. Had a little, had a little, you know, you know, got his little Jodeci on every freaking night and every freaking. Mm-hmm. Why not freaking? Yeah, this has completely took a turn for the worse. <laughs> but as I was saying, you know, you know where to find you know Mr. Jones LBC on the on the Instagram Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. On Twitter, theathletic.com is where I write stuff about the Kings and other random things like uh, shoes, um, history, so on and so forth. So you know where to find me, and you can find Mika hanging out on my page. From time to time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know when she'll be back for another show, so thanks again for joining me. Thank you. I am Jason Jones. Miss Lamika. Mm-hmm. With her new nickname that we'll share later. All right, y'all. No. We are gone. Y'all take care. Peace.